Hey everyone, welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Jeff, I'm the host of the podcast. My name is Josh Denhart, and I'm super excited that you guys are here. We have sought to create this podcast to be a quick burst of energy and thought and motivation, because at the end of the day, leading volunteers is hard. We get that. And so this is just a short conversation and a short kind of, I would say almost like a booster shot to give you practical tips, practical ideas, and thought-provoking things that are going to cause you to be better at leading volunteers. Jeff, what do you say we jump in, buddy? Absolutely. And yeah, you said leading volunteers is hard. Um, how, how has it been during COVID? I think that <laughs> adds just another layer of craziness to it. COVID, it's just forced churches to, like, whether they're ready for it or not, transition to online platforms. Yep. And now, uh, for some churches, it was an easier transition than others, but a, still a transition nonetheless. And now, as churches have kind of started shifting online and becoming more familiar and, and comfortable with technology, how do you see, and, and this is what I think we're going to talk about today, automation. Yeah. So how do you see automation playing a role in ministry? Yeah, I would say several things. One, I think that the church will always have and always should have face-to-face components, okay? Mm-hmm, I think that technology is a good thing, and I think that it should not go away, and I think it can reach and does reach, and we ought to be, and by the way, I watched the church all of a sudden be forced to come into the digital world. Now, again, as you said, some churches had already, they already had kind of a, a base-level understanding of technology, and some were like, dude, I've been living in 1952. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this line in Parks and Rec where Tom, the the tech guy of the show, he tells the the whole staff, it's like, all right, here's a word cloud. I'm trying to bring you guys into the 20th century. And some guy goes, Tom, it's the 21st century. He's like, I know. I'm trying to bring you guys into the 20th century. <laughs> yeah. Some people, we were just <laughs> right, we were right, back right. in the times. And so <laughs> there have been plenty of churches that I've seen that were fundamentally not prepared, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. I get it. However, I, I say all of that to say there is always going to be a face-to-face human component to ministry. I think some out there are like, thank goodness, can we go back to that? Great. But there are churches who are going to keep doing technological things, and they should. Okay. First, when it comes to automation, I've seen a lot of people cringe at this term, automation. Let me first dismantle what I think is the biggest myth about automation. Some people think that automation sounds cold and personalityless. It sounds impersonal and robotic, but I want to, I personally want to automate as much as I can so as to make room for as much human interaction as I can. Let me stop mm-hmm. and say that mm-hmm. again. There are certain things that I can automate and have repetitive tasks happening so that I can make as much room and margin for people. Ministry is a people business, but if I am stuck doing repetitive non-human tasks, I have less time for human interaction. Automation to me is systematizing as much of my life as I can so that I can have loads of unhurried margin to invest in people. I want to automate as much as I can so that I can focus on the human element of ministry, which cannot be automated. Jeff, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that is so good. And it's such a good mental shift because, again, I think we hear technology, we hear automation, and we think, yeah, impersonal. We're posting a video or sending an email. It's like, well, that's not not the ministry I wanted to be doing. I didn't sign up for that. But you realize the more you can 
have a draft ready in your inbox so that you can just click, click, done. All right. Now I don't have to create that email. There's and I'm not five, sitting 10, 30 minutes yeah, that, that I now have back I can in my life towards it. I think that's so good. And just speaking maybe to that, what, what are some of, I don't know what to call it, the low hanging fruits of automation? Right. What do you think are some just easy entry level points that's going to save some time so that you can continue to do yes. personal okay. ministry? You, you touched on it a little bit and I am a huge fan of writing draft emails. Mm -hmm. Now let me can explain that. I have a folder, just like everybody else does, it's called the drafts folder. A lot of people have nothing in that. I have 50 different emails that are sitting in my drafts folder. Why? Well, because there are tons of repeat emails that I should type just once and have waiting in the wings, right? Mm -hmm. So like the welcome email to our church or somebody says, hey, I have a question about, and you've had that question come to you two or three times, I'm going to sit down and write a very thorough email that might take me 30 minutes. And I should never have to rewrite that email 10 times over. Mm -hmm. That absolutely makes no sense. And so I, like I've been on coaching calls, Jeff, and I've shown... I have opened up my drafts folder and I've shown this to other leaders and the gasps and the, oh my word. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like what seemed to be like a no brainer to me, like literally a whole bunch of people don't know that that's a skill that they could, they could implement. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. The low hanging fruit, the Just low hanging fruit. It's taking not a little that... bit of time on the front end, save a ton of time on the back end. Exactly. So that's one way that I would do that. Another way would to have, would be to have like, Defined onboarding steps for new volunteers. Defined onboarding steps. And so like three to five things that every volunteer who's going to come on just walks through. Now, by the way, I'm not saying create all these intense and insane barriers to entry. I want to make entry super easy, but mm -hmm. they may have to have a background check. Okay, I can automate the way that I get them that background check and the way that they get it back to me. I may have to have them fill out a form. Can I have that? Can I find the easiest path, the path of least resistance to get that to happen? Can I cut a video about the general ethos and vision and value of our ministry so that I don't have to say it 50 different times? Hmm. Now, my point is, is there... Wherever there is an, wherever things are going to happen more than once, I always create a little micro system. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think just looking for some of those things that are repeated year yes. after year or season yes. after season, quarter after quarter, whatever it is, that you can send that out one time and then use that over okay. again. So when I'm, yeah, whether it's recruiting or onboarding or just simple information, like you said, just. FAQs, frequently right. asked questions that come in. You can say, all right, I have that one here. Click, click, click. And, 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 and that done. person is taken care of, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, I, and it's not it's not impersonal to have no, a draft email. Not because at all. Because you put the time in and you put the personality into it when you created That's it. exactly right. So you may have to tweak a word here and there, but generally you have the guts there because you put the and so, care into that's exactly it for right. that person. And I'm not sitting there for 30 minutes by myself Amen. on my computer mm -hmm. doing that over and over and over. I've done it. I pay me now. I want to pay now so that I don't have to pay for it later. Now, here's, here's an interesting thing. So I was at this church for a decade. Mm -hmm. I had actually attended the church for six years. The church, when I started, had been in existence for, I think, maybe 13 or 14 years. Okay. So... Before long, 
I was handed all infant dedication services and I was handed all baptism services. Mm-hmm. Now, the, you got to understand this church had been in existence for what, like 13 or 14 years mm-hmm. before I was now in charge of baptisms. And by the way, baptisms happen quite frequently at a church, do they not? Some people might baptize monthly, quarterly. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. My point is this. When it was handed to me, all of a sudden I was like, dude, like we're doing this every quarter and this is sneaking up on you guys every quarter. Hmm. And it's like, we've never done this before. And now we're freaking out that we have to create the blurb that goes into the e-newsletter. We have to, we got to create the slide. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. This is coming up every quarter and you've been doing this for 10, 13, 15 years before I took it over. Mm -hmm. And you don't have a snippet already created. Uh, I'm not, I'm not kidding about this. And so what I ended up doing with the help of another, we created, now watch this. We created an Excel spreadsheet. This is before Google had really refined their spreadsheet. So this is a little (laughs) old, but we had an Excel spreadsheet that we actually typed out everything and we made date fields and watch this. We would change the date of when baptism was happening and then the entire spreadsheet filled with every other date that needed to happen. In other words, Mm -hmm. the date of baptism was July 4th. Well, then it would pre-calculate that we needed to have an e-newsletter submission. Mm -hmm. However many months ahead. However many months ahead. Mm -hmm. And then on this day, this is the next step, this is the next step, and then it's now you have that in front of you leading forward. And, and, and it even had p- other people's names associated with it. So, you know, Beth, she was in charge of putting it into the e-newsletter. Mm-hmm. And inside of that Excel document that she we shared with her, it had the blurb that she needed to put. So what we did is we sat down one time and mm-hmm. we determined any and everything that had to do with baptism. And we automated that process. Now, what did that afford us? Number one, it afforded us not making stupid mistakes, which our church was very well known for doing. Fair enough. Right? And mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but I was now in charge and I was like, dude, why? why? We know this is coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the mistakes, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it probably also made your church maybe look forward to baptisms a little more and not right. dread baptisms. What church wants to dread baptisms? Uh, oh, oh no, it's sneaking up on us and again. now it's here. Yeah. Now just an easy system that's repeatable allows you to be like, all right, here we go. Beth, so, you ready? Team, we're ready? Yes, and, and it, 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 even had, it even had the team of people, uh, like I'm not kidding, the date around which we wanted the tank, because we had a removable baptism tank. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a like a, you know, in the wall. Yeah. It even had the the opportunity for the baptism person to fill up the tank. And it had another thing on there. Make sure you put in the heater. Does this make sense? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, those little details. The little details. get forgotten. Then you've got an issue, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, we were freed up. You see, automation produced freedom, mm-hmm. not constriction. So that's another myth, is that automation constricts you and confines you. No, it doesn't. It gives you an immense amount of freedom. Uh, so, so in other words, I was able to focus lovingly mm-hmm. on people 
on the baptism class and really talking with people about the real depths and meaning of baptism and even being so free that the baptism service had no glitches or errors so that I could love on people whose like family members were flying in to see their their mm-hmm. teenager be baptized. Yeah, absolutely. That was a special moment. That's the human stuff that cannot be automated. And if I'm frazzled out, freaking out mm-hmm. about the slide, are you kidding me? The slide is the least of my worries. I could have done dealt with that two months ago, and I did, so that I can be present with this uncle who doesn't know the Lord. Are mm-hmm. you with me? That's so good. That's that's really good. I, I love that example. Is there anything and it, like this is a specific example about baptism, but yes. this can be applied all over, everywhere in ministry. Gosh, I got goosebumps, dude. I live for this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And so, do you have any other maybe just simple? Yes. Maybe not specific examples again, but things that could be broadly okay. used in different areas I do. when it comes to automation. Okay, so a lot of churches have events, mm-hmm. right? And and we had a huge event at our church. It was a fall festival, and it was massive. So uh, the certain areas of the church had to be dismantled in order for the event to happen, and they had to be put back in order for the church to carry on after the event. Interestingly enough, like the first year... Okay, like, here's the other thing. You can't predict what types of automation you need. Mm -hmm. The way that you determine what automation you need is by what things you keep stumbling over. Does that make sense? And then you can keep tweaking the automation. You can keep tweaking, that's right. So the first year when I was now in charge of this gargantuan event, I was like, oh my word, these people don't know how to put back the the couches in this one area of the church. Well, how could they? Mm Mm-hmm. So we decided, okay, never happening again. Now, a, so we had to make decisions at the end of the event for how we were going to do the next year event, mm-hmm. okay? So we actually took photographs before we tore it down so that we could hand a laminated photograph, make this area look just like this. Because the previous year, one of our team members had to stand there and hold the hand of a person to put stuff back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just about thinking ahead. Really, I, I think the big takeaway is, what do you keep stumbling over? What, mm-hmm. what do you keep stumbling over? My idea is to go back 10 feet and build a ramp to jump that thing every time. Love it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So for me, in all of my life, I'm like, dude, why, why does that keep bothering me? Okay? I, I just created a new program called Faith Lab at Home. It's been going great. But if, like... I've gotten the same email four or five times. Mm-hmm. Done. That's Th- perfect. I'm obviously not answering that question effectively on the front end. So I go back 10 steps, and I just did it two days ago. And we preemptively answer that question for everyone. Mm-hmm. So whatever, whatever I'm stumbling over, that demands automation. Amen. That's, that's so good. And just, yeah, the planning ahead aspect. Uh, I love that. I th- feel like you can make a million dollars on that Excel spreadsheet. People are like, Am I right? I saw, your eyes Josh, where is it? I saw your eyes light up. Actually. And so just, just thinking the the calendaring aspect of looking ahead, being yes. able to systemize some of those processes on this date, I'll do this, this date, I'll do this. Do you have any tips maybe for calendaring? I know everyone has yes. their own way of doing it. And yeah. what would you say are some key things that everyone maybe should be doing with their calendar? Again, everyone has their own their special own secret thing, sauce. But, I get but it. maybe what are, what are just some general things? Perfect. It's probably step one is have one, but yeah. <laughs> beyond that, what? And, and by the way, I I would say that that we shouldn't just jokingly, like gloss over that. I mean, mm-hmm. like you should have a calendar. Knowing yeah, knowing how you spend your time helps you know 
where you're spending your time, where exactly. you're wasting time, where you're it's being not only, productive. And... It's not only just looking back and saying, what did I spend my time on? But it's like looking ahead and going, where do I have pockets for opportunity? Hear me mm -hmm. out real quick. I've heard it said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Okay, why? Well, a busy person knows what, like they know how they must budget wisely in order to get this done or that done. So people with a tight and tied down calendar see where a task must fit in order to get it done. Jeff, does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. So like having a calendar and having a tight calendar, all of a sudden you can look ahead and go, okay, so this has to be done. I have to, by the way, do you realize that tasks often bleed into whatever time frame we've given them? In other Explain words, that a little. okay, if all of a sudden I've, if I've allotted something 45 minutes, or if I've allotted that same thing 85 minutes, that task will fill up that entire time. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. So if all of a sudden, right? Mm -hmm. And because a task sometimes just bleeds out. Mm -hmm. But if you have a restricted amount of time that you've set for this, you actually, quite possibly, could bang out that task, right? Mm -hmm. In that allotted time. So again, if you want something done, give it to somebody who's busy because they they know that they have to get it done in this time. So I would say, mm -hmm. first, have a calendar. Number two, look for pockets of opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it's funny. We were talking right before we hit record on the podcast about how my senior pastor has had me mm, when I'm mm -hmm. having seasons of just being overwhelmed, feeling like I have too much on my plate. He says, I want you to just, every minute you're working, tell me what you're doing. And not in a way that's like, you're... Jeff, you are way, probably wasting so much time. I need to show you. But so that I could see... It's an awareness. Mm -hmm, where am I spending my time? And what blocks am I... Maybe I'm spending... I do like our weekly This Week at Revision Church newsletter to everybody. There's no need to spend two hours on that email. Not at all. And so seeing okay, where the bleeding is happening so yes. that you can tighten it up a little bit on the front end. For sure. And then also what we're saying today too... Looking ahead yes. to yeah, what how, how we can set up those ramps. Exactly. So I think you brought up an interesting point, right? So there's one thing that is reflectively looking back on mm -hmm. how you're spending your time, which, by the way, can be for some people like, well, that's a complete waste of time. Why am I going to waste my time tracking that which I do? Because mm -hmm. that takes time. It does. But again, that little bit of time is going to save you hours. It sure can. Now, the other funny thing since this is a podcast, nobody can see this, but you were quite intrigued by this thing that I'm pointing to on my desk right now. Yeah, I'd never seen anything like it before. Still actually don't know what it's called. Okay, it's called Time Euler, T-I-M-E-U-L-A-R. Not Time a sponsor, Euler. but kind of cool. Yes, I, I mean, yeah, there's, I'm not sponsoring this, but <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan. So it is an eight-sided little cubicle deal. It's not really a cubicle. It looks more like a double-sided diamond. Would you, what yeah. would you? Mm -hmm. It's like a diamond shape. It's, Exactly. It's two pyramids. Two smack pyramids together. smacked together. So there's eight sides. And so it has a nice little stand. And when I flip it to a particular face. It's like Bluetooth connected to your computer. Bluetooth with the program. connected. Yep. And then it all of a sudden starts tracking that. So right now we're doing writing slash podcast. That mm -hmm. is the task. That side of the diamond is flipped up. Exactly. And so, and so right it, now, watch carefully. I'm going to just for fun, watch my computer right here. I'm going to switch it to coaching. Here it goes. Okay. Writing stopped and coaching has started. Perfect. All right, so now it is you now, start coaching people. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> coaching, right, right. So now I'm going to switch it just for fun to phone call. They just did that. 
there it goes. And so now mm-hmm. I stopped tracking my time for coaching and I'm now tracking my time for phone calls. Now, some people, they're like, wow, what a new fang- fandangled little device. But it has been very helpful for me to reflect backwards. Mm-hmm. An incredible tool. Incredible tool. So I've been using this for the last month or so, and it's been fantastic. It cost me 85 bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's that big. I'm not going to do the monthly subscription that gives me all of the analytics. I'm mm-hmm. cool. I can look at my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need the computer to pump out for me how I'm done. But this little thing has been quite helpful for me. And here's one of the reasons it's been helpful. Jeff, when I flip it to break, okay, that's one of my eight sides. I -hmm. then fundamentally unplug and take a break. But when I switch to computer, I go, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I jam out on that, right? It's like, yeah, it's like an on-off switch. It's like an on-off switch. Okay, so that's one aspect which you've brought up to my mind, which is tracking how we're spending our time. And just to say too, you can do it with a pencil and paper. You sure can. You don't, <laughs> so need, don't to feel like you need to spend eighty-five bucks. Yeah, spend the money, but it works either way. But this is really a really cool tool. And by the way, you can get the Time Euler app and just for free and mm-hmm. and push on and off with your phone. Oh, you don't. That's cool. So that's I, I was doing that for several weeks before I bought this to see if it would mm-hmm. even have any value to yeah, me, yeah. right? And I was using it so proficiently that I thought, dude, it'd be way easier just to flip this, so I spent 85 bucks. Mm-hmm. All to say, looking back at how I'm spending my time, that's one thing. But I think the more important thing is to look ahead, having a tight calendar, and then squeezing in opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so one thing we've talked a little bit about is like events. You talked about your fall event that you would do and just mm-hmm. baptisms, mm-hmm. just different types of automation that we can do. I don't know if this is a big pushback, like playing the devil's advocate in my right. head. Right, I know where you're going, I think. Is, is it a giant event, like we do a fall kickoff or things like that? Isn't Wouldn't somebody ask, this is my gut, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Is this too big of an event to automate? The answer is yes and no, okay? So I will automate many aspects, right? Um, okay, I would automate many aspects, however, the process should include a team. So I'm going to bring a team close to me and I'm going to have what I call a brain dump. We're going to gather everybody together. We're going to record, we are going to record any and all things in every moving part. Okay. Um, so your fall kickoff, I'm going to say, I'm going to have like three main categories. What can be done a month out? What can be done one week out? What must be done only at the live event and what must be done after the live event? Does that make sense? Yeah. Can we say those again? Yes. So what can be done way ahead of time? Mm-hmm. I'm going to call that a month out. What can only really be done a week out? So those are the pre-planning pieces. Mm-hmm. What has to only be done during the event? And what has to be done once the event is completed? Does that make any sense? No, that's good. I think I wanted to say them again because I feel like those are just those four things that we can do yeah. across the board. So long range, get ahead of the curve, month out. One week what? Because listen, at the end of the day, there's certain things like you cannot hand out the f- the flyers for how the event is going to go until the event is here. Mm-hmm. Duh. But here's the deal. S- spell all of those out. Now, I promise you, there is someone out there who is getting hives right now and they're tripping out because they are not the detail person. <laughs> so what? I don't care. The kingdom of God it holds that detail person somewhere out there. Recruit them, okay? There's lit- we talked about this in the last podcast. There is a soccer mom 
who is so high strung, and I love her for it, she is that detail person. Get her on your team and have her tear apart your ideas. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are like intimidated by that. I invite that person. Absolutely. Not to create friction or butt no. heads, but to fill but, out and round out that team. Yes, now watch this. Our senior pastor loves you, Jeff. Oh, that's good to hear. Yes, Great, it is. I'm glad. <laughs> but do you know why he loves to have you on the team? Because he's the one who is the big dreamer. But he needs to have the detail person who's like, okay, so how? And he's like, uh. And the Jeff. annoying guy in the corner, like, I don't know. What about? What about this? So don't think of yourself as the annoying guy. And he does not think of you as the annoying guy, especially if you guys have a solid relationship. We do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. My point is, is that he views you not as a threat. He views you as an integral part to making sure it can happen flawlessly because his big idea ain't going to get carried out without the detail, Jeff. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those people out there who are like, <gasps> I'm not the detail person. <laughs> Go recruit someone who is. Can I have an amen? And vice versa too. Mm -hmm. The detail person needs the big picture person because Absolutely. the detail person is like, oh, I, there's too many blockades. No, there's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, let's go big. Let's have fun. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is good. That's good. So now just uh, going a little long in this one, just want to wrap things up yes. a little. And so maybe ask the question as we continue just moving forward in the season of uncertainty, we don't know if we're going to be back to church. Kind of, okay. I know normal is a relative term, but kind of being back together, or if we're going to have a second wave, but either way, how can automate automation help us moving forward. Okay, so here's the funny thing. In other words, <laughs> the corona has no predictability. That's kind of what you're getting at. And so since it has no predictability, how can we plan through automation? Does that make sense mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, good question. So automation comes down to repeatability, right? And right now there is less consistency because of the corona. However, there are tasks you can be dominating right now. As an example, I'm coaching a ton of people and they are through lead volunteers and they are writing great job descriptions. They are writing draft emails. Uh, they certainly could go and make an Excel document that you add one date and it fills mm -hmm. out the rest. That's a great task that you know is going to have to be done at some time. Mm -hmm. And since your life is not filled with the regular ministry tasks, carve out some time and build something. Do some recruiting preparations and more. So... Repeat, repeat, repeat. Think through what's going to be repetitive. By the way, ministry is going to come back to some semblance of normal. It's not going to be exactly the way that it was. However, I'm convinced that ministry will take place in face-to-face -face interactions. Yeah, whether it's next week or next year. It's... Exactly. Mm -hmm. Given that, we know that there are some tasks that can be done. I'm a way work-ahead person. So think through items that are going to be repeated weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. Seek to make processes that someone else can do without your involvement. In closing, that wonderful spreadsheet, me and one other person pounded out the details. We built that spreadsheet. We thought through everything. And then after that, it did not require our attention. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. it, it actually assigned everybody in an automated way who did what. I tell you the truth, I've not worked at that church for the last four years. That document lives on. Amen. Yeah, no, and it, it's just a great reminder, too, that doing that work doesn't take away from the personal aspect of ministry, but allows you and frees you up to do the ministry that we are called to That's and that exactly we're passionate right. about. And so we'll end it there for this one. A lot of good things said during this podcast. And we just want to say, too, if you are feeling like, oh, man, I have I have some work to do. There are some 
draft emails and things that I want to get written up, job descriptions and so forth, definitely encourage you to check out leadvolunteers.com. Lead Volunteers, it's a, it's a master level course that is done for you and has all of these things laid out for you. Job descriptions, email drafts, uh, recruiting preparation and phone calls scripts the list goes on and on and so if you want to have access to these resources check out leadvolunteers.com and sign up today we'll see you back next week for another podcast